Hello there, listener. Yes, you specifically. You should know that sometimes, due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode descriptions for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content, so if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. BST. Big sexual tension. Yes. Big sexual tension. (laughs) EDT. Eating eating dick tomorrow. (laughs) Or today. Eat eat dick today. (laughs) Eat dick today. (laughs) This is your public health announcement. Have you had your five a day? (laughs) You're on the cannon ground. I'm up in crack ship space. Let's start a shipping war. Welcome to Care of Magical Shippers. It's a Harry Potter ship culture podcast. I'm Nathan. And I'm Megs. And this week it is all about Ron and Pansy. Yeah, yeah it is. (laughs) As I only recently discovered, it is called Parsley. And I'm all about this herby goodness. I want to plant it in my garden. I let that parsley grow. When I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, what could work? Okay, we have uh, Ranzi, which I'm like, okay, so I guess that's kind of like getting Randy. Yeah, yeah, know. that's what I was thinking. I'm glad I wasn't the only one, right? <laughs> I know. And then Prawn, which of course now I can only think of the Muppets, like the Prawn. What's his name? Um, oh, oh gosh. yes. Do you know who I'm yes, talking about? Yes. The like something the Prawn. What is his name? But he's like Pe- Pepe, Pe- Pepe, Pepe the Prawn. <laughs> I don't know. Probably Muppets fans are like screaming at their at their podcast app right Muppets now, going, like, oh "How can you be God. so stupid? How do you not know?" I, I don't. I didn't prep Muppet knowledge in advance of this recording. I'm really sorry about that. But I I feel very seen right now, and I would like. It is. I just is it is it actually I Pepe just, the Prawn? It is actually Pepe the King Prawn. Oh. <laughs> Oh, how regal. He fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so Muppets aside, anyway. So yeah, that's uh, Parsley to me, Parkinson and Weasley. I just thought was the cutest and funniest thing. I don't know if it already existed, but I feel really clever right now. And I'm just going to pat myself on the back and just be like, yeah, I thought of it. It's it's mine. I love it. It feels organic. (laughs) Yes. Oh, (laughs) Okay, yes, organic. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, oh we're just going to take five while we laugh at our own genius. <laughs> you know, feel, you know, feel free to join in. You know, it's okay. Uh, you you can uh, ask. It's okay to want a slice. Everybody does. <laughs> we're we're vegan friendly here. We're a vegan friendly pod. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
parsley. So now that I, so now we're talking about parsley, I'm like, okay, so you know how parsley is usually like an added thing? Yeah. Um, yes. Like yeah. a dish. Like it does go in things, but you're like, oh, you get a fancy dish and then it has some parsley on top. So that's this ship. It's like you didn't know you needed it. And it's just that little extra something yeah. that makes it seem better. So <laughs> whether that works, I'm, I'm going to say from, it works. That totally made sense. <laughs> from garish to garnish right there. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, there is something in the water today. We are just losing our minds. Maybe it's the tea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, whether it's the tea or the heat, I yeah. I'm so yes. if you if you hear any odd noises today, listeners, I am quietly <laughs> melting into the microphone. There might not be very much of me left by the time we've finished this recording, but I'm I'm gonna go with it. I'm I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling hopped up on something. Let's jump yes. straight in. <laughs> to this pet ship what do we think of parsley okay (laughs) parsley so for me i you know when it comes to obviously like ron and hermione is seen as a very like accepted canon ship like when we think ron and hermione we kind of we picture them together they're often a really common side ship so it's shipping either of them with other people a lot of people do it but when I think of Hermione, I see Ron and Pansy as like, Pansy has things and elements that Hermione doesn't. Like Hermione is kind of like the level-headed. Ron is very like wild and opinionated and hot-headed and just yeah, kind of sure. out there. And Hermione grounds him. So you just, that's where you can see Absolutely. them working and not working because of it. Because you could see Hermione as like a very like motherly, maternal character versus like an equal for Ron. Um, that's just one point of view. But with Pansy... She's like the Slytherin Ron, if you think about it. Like when we look at the trio as like Harry, Ron, and Hermione, Mm. we think of the, what do they call it? Like the silver trio instead of the golden trio. It's Draco, Draco, Blaze, and Pansy. Oh, I hadn't heard that before. Oh, that is so cool. I love that. Right? Yes. So we have those three characters versus the other three. So if you're a dreary person, you're like, oh, okay, Draco and Harry. And then we could potentially see Blaze and Hermione and then Ron and Pansy. So it's just that that parallel there. Pansy is definitely, in canon, we see her as obviously a bitch. Mm. I mean, she's rude. She's described as like pug face, not necessarily attractive. However, let's be real. Draco is vain as hell. There is no way he would take some, you know, potentially socially seen as unattractive person. It's just like, oh, she's pug face. Like maybe she just has a little nose. Like it's just doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It's JK's bad for being like, oh, Petunia's horse faced or, oh, you know, I don't know what her deal is, but she, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, there are some very suspect animal analogies going on there. And, exactly yeah. and umbrage as a toad all oh, of that yeah. and it's always women okay so now this is a tangent why the fuck is it only well, women dudley... and all the men are handsome <laughs> no well well dudley is always uh, a pig yeah dudley is always piggish right. and That's then true. you have hagrid who is codified as you know very effeminate and he and and this is 
Like, I think Hagrid is actually one of the only characters she does this with where it's not inherently given negative connotations, where his right. effeminate, you know, flowery pink umbrella and his apron and his mm-hmm. constant crying, they aren't, like, detrimental to his character. Yes. And of course they mm-hmm. aren't, because they're yes. qualities that make Hagrid as lovable as he is. I mean, would Hagrid be Hagrid mm-hmm. without his impossible-to-eat rock buns? I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yes, the rock cakes. Yeah. Yes. But mm-hmm. I... But you're right. I do feel like, especially with women, J.K.R. has a tendency to codify them in these really, really problematic ways. And you're right. I don't mm-hmm. think Draco would settle. He doesn't strike me mm-hmm. in... Right, and I'm talking like in fanfic or in canon here. He is definitely that right. guy that is like, I know I'm a nine and I'm not I'm not batting below my average. And even if he's mm-hmm. like a seven, he has this overinflated sense of ego and self importance importance that is there's mm-hmm. going to be like i know what i'm worth right this is me i am mm-hmm. um, i have got it and i'm going to flaunt it and whoever i'm flaunting it right. with has to match me on that level so i totally agree with mm-hmm. you that like there is no way that he'd even be remotely entertaining the possibility of being with pansy if she didn't right. validate him in some way and the and the way she's going mm-hmm. to do that is because it's jkr is because she yeah. has to appeal to his vanity and then Therefore, also mm-hmm. be vain herself. Right. Exactly. And I don't know, I, it's not really in canon, but I feel like in fanon, it's been uh, directed that she's of Asian descent. Right. So you could see her as like a very like petite, adorable, like, you know, Asian girl that, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see why she couldn't be this complete babe. Absolutely. <laughs> like just because you have like a tiny little, you know, squished nose, like squished faced pugs and cats are adorable. Like why, why would we think she's cute but um so anyway you know attraction aside i just sorry go ahead i'm just i'm just picturing her her like slow motion walk down the great hall with her her hair flowing Mm -hmm. and like moving in stereo Mm -hmm. by the cars is playing and it's like (laughs) and she's like slowly (laughs) removing sunglasses this is my head cannon for pansy now Oh my goodness. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so why are we here again? Oh yeah, Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we have to talk about <laughs> the shit. Ron and Pansy. <laughs> so one of the reasons I think it's so good is because it takes Pansy out of I mean potentially it puts her in another toxic dynamic. We'll come to that later. It takes Pansy out of the Draco equation. And I feel I do feel like especially in canon, Draco overshadows her because he's a powerful personality, right? So he mm-hmm. has to always have the spotlight. So I feel like when the dynamic shifts away from Draco, you really get to see mm-hmm. in fact fanfic and in fanon pansy's side of things and you know how that's expressed really depends on the fic you read because i've i've looked at some fic that is more suspect than others yes but it's but it's usually all smutty and you know when that when the smut is earned and it's written well i am just all over it because it's me that that's who i am (laughs) yes it's us 
It's a- That's who I am as a person and I need it in my life. So I so I really like, you know, I of course I'm I'm here for the thirst, but I'm also here, low-key, for the character development as well. And I feel yes. like when Pansy's personality can shine, however it shines, it gives us that uh view into that character that we haven't had because it's always been the Draco show, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And for me, what I when I picture Pansy. I, because I feel like if Draco and Pansy were meant to be together, they would have ended up together. It wouldn't have been Draco and Astoria. Like it literally would have been Pansy oh, yeah. and Draco. I I see Draco as when I think of Pansy, like when I'm getting into her headspace and her as a character, if I think of in fic, like I do for all Slytherins, is I like it's like let's go into their their pressures or trauma that makes them into who they are. So Pansy obviously has the same pressures that Draco does, where her family wants her to be perfect and wants her to uphold the family name and make a good pure blood match and all of that stuff so I can only imagine and and find a beautiful husband who's gonna take care of her and have a bunch of babies and all of that and I could just see her kind of potentially crumbling under that pressure but not showing it because she's she has this tough exterior she's gonna come off as like I don't care what you think I don't care what you say I'm gonna say what I say and it's fine but inside she's like man I have like I have so much low self-esteem like I could just see that in her and I could see her chasing after Draco and Draco being like oh yeah you're fun for now but you're not my like you're not long term like just seeing her as an object or something like that and she's trying so hard to get his attention and it just nothing is coming of it I could see her like having this blow up with Draco or something like that and realizing that nothing was going to happen and she's either like run off somewhere and is crying or whatever and then run comes across her and at first he's like oh pansy's crying like good like she's you know she's a bitch and she does you know whatever happened to her she deserves but then all of a sudden his like compassionate nature comes out and is like you know what i'm gonna see what's up and then that could be an opportunity for them to kind of breach that gap. But I can also see it as like a dreary instance where like she could just be like, Weasley, like, don't talk yeah. to me. Like, you know, doesn't doesn't want to be vulnerable in front of him because she sees him as lesser than, even though he's a pureblood, even though he's, you know, he doesn't come from good stock yeah, or right. old, you know. The Weasleys are blood traitors, right? So, yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I could see that being her pushing back against him for a long time. And of course, Ron too. Like they, I could see a lot of relationships and ships have at least one character who is going to just have that denial for a long time with angsty ships. Not all ships. Mm-hmm. Fluffy ships, you're like, okay, yeah, they want to be together or it just takes time. But when it comes to angst like that, I could see them both once they became aware of each other, be that a situation such as this, all of a sudden they notice each other. It's kind of like when you you discover a, I don't know, you, once you see something and you can't yeah, unsee yeah. it. When Ron sees her in class, all he's going to think is, she. I saw her like not as this cold-hearted individual human being. And then noticing things. like I could see him tuning in and being like, she does and says these things because she has a wall up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like she's mean. She says these nasty things because she
she doesn't want anyone to come for her in that way. Like it's more like a guard, a wall. Um, and this is obviously from school point of view. Like you have those, you know, school time crushes and things like that. And I don't know, I just could see it blossoming into this forbidden love situation of being secretly seeing one another and not wanting either of them to know because A, Harry and Hermione, not that they would necessarily judge him, but look down on him for- Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it it would sort of be yeah. taboo. Yes, yes. And then, of course, there is no way in hell that Pansy's going to tell anybody that she's kissing a Weasley. No, like, <laughs> no, definitely no way not. that she would yeah. tell anybody. And I just, I think it's, and they're both so potentially strong personalities that when they fight, it's got to be epic. Like, it just has to be this explosive, what? ever that i i just think of like the mr and mrs smith situation yes <laughs> oh yes that is so so perfect you know? but both like with their ones yes. out like sending knives at each other yes. but then but then suddenly it gets steamy yeah you, know, you don't know where the violence ends and the love begins <laughs> and it's so it's so messed yes. up but it's so oh like, i like, you warned me off using this word, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it. The catharsis yes. is so good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Catharsis. Catharsis, catharsis, catharsis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like Beetlejuice, right? Beetlejuice, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Crap. What was I, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yes. The Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, Smith thing. So it's definitely a very passionate focus ship like there could be very like vulnerable tense tendencies of being able to open and break down walls that couldn't otherwise be broken down by anyone else but it's definitely going to have that conflict and passion which I think makes it I mean just (laughs) we've talked about this before like in the you know the golden trio episode on how we see Ron as the passionate Mm -hmm. one like if if he's involved in this relationship like he's gonna bring the fire he's gonna bring the passion to the to the group whereas pansy would be that for whoever else she was with and together that can either benefit them or cause conflict and which isn't you know which isn't a bad thing but i yeah so all of the angsty violent fiery steamy sex is (laughs) yes yeah and sometimes you know sometimes that is just what you need like just as much as the characters need to blow off steam occasionally listener i know you will agree with us like sometimes you just need to read that thing and feel it in your soul and go yes this connects with me on a deep deep level right now i'm not gonna say how deep but (laughs) I mean, I don't think we need. I think, I think the listeners get, yeah. get it and understand. You yeah, know, we, we, that's why yeah. we're here. That's why we're here. That's why you're exactly. here. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> you're here to to have fun and blow off steam. Yes. And if you could do both at once, that's all to the good. One hundred percent. And uh, yeah, I have some thoughts, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. So I have some thoughts about post Hogwarts. But as far as remaining in the Hogwarts arena, what are you? your thoughts as far as the ship or how it happened or whatnot right so yeah so 
before we before we go off into post Hogwarts, I just wanted to quickly say we've talked about Pansy and how she mm. mm-hmm. can blossom and come into her own through this ship. But right. I also feel like the ship frees Ron up because, like you say, Ron is most typically paired with Hermione, mm-hmm. and while that pairing is sweet, it doesn't lend itself to an awful lot of conflict or volatility because when right. it happens, if it happens, it usually involves Harry, and there's all the you know we we've talked about that before as well mm-hmm. but i feel like ron so ron's part of a big family he's part of a big pure blood family and in his family he is used to feeling overshadowed either by people with greater intellectual capacity or people mm-hmm. who are funnier and he's always felt like there's this thing with him where he's had to feel uh, like he's had to struggle against his own inadequacies so when he's paired with pansy he can re- like i feel like it allows him to let to turn that baggage mm-hmm. into a, like a space to vent his frustration i feel like this is where like his physical side and his his passionate side can really come to the front because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of the time it's you know in canon as especially it's tempered against either something that he has to do or an obstacle that he has to overcome and in fanon in fanfic when he's with pansy he could be like this is a real you know, balls to the wall moment where I could just let go of everything yes. and be who I need to be for this, you know, five minutes, half an hour, hour, two <laughs> hours, however long it needs to be, you know? Yes. Uh, and I I love that because it frees the characterization of Ron up from being a Weasley. It frees him up from, from these feelings of being, from having to think about his financial situation or yes. his, uh, his standing within the family you know he's allowed in those moments to be himself and to not be in Harry's shadow either mm-hmm. uh, and you know that is massive for Ron because mm-hmm. I'm sure you know as much as he's grateful for the friendship he also has this yearning to be his own person and go off and explore mm-hmm. and do whatever it is that he needs to do and I'm sure that while you know his pairing with Hermione is sweet in its own way yeah. you know in being paired with Pansy, he can go to places that he wouldn't necessarily go with Hermione. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And something I was just thinking about, like getting toward the like Battle of Hogwarts, like obviously one of the most notable Pansy moments is when Pansy says, well, there's Harry. Everyone grab, someone grab him because... Voldemort is threatening to yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, if Harry yeah. doesn't show up like I'm coming out and sending my people and we're we're coming to kill like we're coming to kill so on one point of view as a reader normally would be like oh she's a shitty person because she wants to you know she's obviously a death eater or death eater family or whatever right. but a lot of times with Fanon and Fic and um, that um, redemption arc for Pansy is the fact that she's like I saw so many of my friends get attacked or killed or are in are in danger and what I want to do is stand up and fight for them and if I'm given an opportunity to do so I'm going to take it and as soon as she notices that hey it's either Harry or literally everyone give up Harry 
like seriously, like this is one person in comparison to the masses. So it could be seen as potentially her making this brave choice to come forward and stand up for collectively everyone Mm. because she's like, why are we protecting one dude? Why are we protecting one person when hundreds of us could die or be in danger? Exactly. It's it's her Spock moment. So I I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like, so there's a a really famous saying of Spock's where it's like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's necessarily written like this in the books, but you could certainly as a fan... Interpret her actions as she's trying to be egalitarian. She's trying Mm -hmm. to think pragmatically about like what will like what will cause the least loss of life, Mm -hmm. what will you know benefit the most people, and uh, of course she has no guarantee that even if she gives Harry up and she's successful in what she wants to do, that Voldemort's going to keep his word. And I think that's Mm -hmm. you know another problem issue there. But uh, assuming that she's only thought that far ahead you can at least say her motivations aren't entirely selfish like when I read that passage Mm -hmm. in the book I you know it it is in the book right it's not just one of those movie inserts yeah I I know I know the books I've read the books (laughs) I've read the books I promise I'm a fan. I've read the like I listen to the audiobooks all the time. But you know the way so something happens to me though when I read fan fiction and then I listen to the audiobooks and I watch the movies they like all blend into one yes. homogenous ball. Yes. And I don't I don't know I don't know who said what in what form. So I'm like <laughs> I'm pretty sure this happened in canon but mm-hmm. I don't know 100%. Mm-hmm. And I apologize if you're screaming at me going like no Pansy didn't say that in the book. Right. Why? Why are you talking about this? But like, but so okay, so uh, <laughs> so when she when she says that in the book, I di- I do sort of do a double take mentally and go, well, clearly her motivations are just selfish. Yes. But having said that, like you can take that whole moment, turn it on its head, and mm-hmm. infuse it with new meaning or like give it more possibilities, which is really what, in my opinion, like good fanfic yes. does. And I w- one of the things I. I love about fanfic and because I was having this discussion with a friend of mine last week who was like I'm just not sure that I get fanfic I'm not sure that I uh, understand what it's doing and I'm like instead of seeing it as questioning canon and like mm-hmm. like taking canon and just smashing it into little pieces it, it you can see it as expanding on canon mm-hmm. and taking it in all these new and interesting directions and this is just exactly one of those examples yeah where I, because I don't feel like it's beyond the realm of possibility to go. Mm-hmm. Of course, Pansy has a strong self-preservation instinct, right? Like yes. you said, she's from a she's from a pure blood family. She has a lineage to think about, mm-hmm. as well as potentially her place post Hogwarts. So I do think that this legitimately would be going through her mind. You know, mm-hmm. whether or not you believe she's honourably motivated that way. Mm-hmm. And so, with that moment, I picture like, let's say she and Ron have a secret. Relationship relationship and Ron's been gone doing the Horcrux thing for however long and this would probably be the first time of them to see each other and maybe not be able to interact but kind of that like oh my god you're alive oh my god you're alive sort of thing but in that moment I could just see Ron feeling a sense of betrayal you know like if she were to be like oh give Harry up then he would see it from the aspect of I've been spending almost a year trying to keep this dude alive so that he can get 
get rid of Voldemort and he's the only opportunity to do so. And then all of a sudden he was just happy shattered by it. And then after everything, you know, so now I'm going to get into post Hogwarts. Like I could see them having something that moment kind of shattering everything and then them going Mm. their separate ways for however long. And then that re-meet situation. I picture them becoming Auror partners. Oh, like what if Ooh, they? Tell me more. I'm intrigued. Yeah. So, so once again, we're kind of getting into Mister and Mrs. Smith, even though they have two separate jobs or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I, I love that where it's you know, I mean, it was like in Dreary, those are fun fix when it's like, oh, Draco and Harry, you're partners, and they're like, I can't work with this person or whatever. And so the same thing would be in the Ron Pansy situation. Situation. If they had a history and then all of a sudden had to be put together, but they're not going to like own up to the fact that they had a history. So like even whoever the oh, head or so stubborn. Yeah. yeah. Like the head or like you're going to be with who with Pansy and then they're like, oh, but we shouldn't be together because we have a romantic history, but they're not going to own up to that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So it's that learning to work together, but also having that difficulty the whole time of being like, you have to watch my back. I'm like, no, like they just don't get along whatsoever. But then yeah. there's that moment. I just picture this. And of course, now this is what I want to write. Oh, oh, paint that moment for me. This is what I live for. <laughs> I want to write this so bad. So there's that moment that whatever, they're on a sting or they're trying to catch a dark wizard or criminal or whatever. And Pansy gets hurt or Ron gets hurt. And then all of a sudden, the opposite is just like devastated. You know, it's like it reopens yeah. those emotions and that feelings and that caring that they had for that person and be that like, hey, this could be a soulmate story. And then so this whole time they've been fighting against the inevitable of them being together anyway. But then that being exposing them and their true feelings for each other in a heat of like a traumatic situation or they could even not be together and Ron or Pansy could have had something happen and ended up in St. Mungo's and their partner finds out about it secondhand and they freak out and then they go and then they sh- oh I love that they show up at St. Mungo's say it's Ron all the Weasleys are there Harry's there Hermione's there and Pansy mm-hmm. just comes blowing in and they're like family only and she He's like, fuck you. I am going to see him. He's my partner or whatever. And then goes in and is just like, sees him and whether she like hugs him or is like devastated and is crying or both of them are crying and they're just having their moment. I just see that as their like reconciliation. And then everyone's just obviously in shock. Like everyone's just gobsmacked. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know how to handle this right now. What the heck is she doing here and whatever. Especially Harry. Like Harry is having a meltdown in this moment. I know. And then who knows if there was kind of like that rocky thing between Ron and Hermione. Like maybe they were dating. Like maybe Ron and Hermione were having their thing post all the pansy stuff because Mm -hmm. either it was expected or something like that. And then all of a sudden he realized, you know what? That's not what I want. This is what I've always wanted. And now it's here for me and it can be a thing. And so... Yeah, that's just, that's one big, like, epic headcanon of mine is that moment of, like, intensity that just breaks them down and makes them see sense again. (laughs) Yeah, I I do, I do absolutely live for those moments where you're expecting an explosion and, you know, things to go flying. And instead of having this, you know, gigantic Mr. and Mrs. 
Smith moment mm-hmm. where, you know, they're both fighting to the death, what you actually get is a sort of emotional implosion mm-hmm. where they realise that they're connected to each other through a sort of a, a mutual vulnerability mm-hmm. and that really this shared feeling of animosity has built on some, on top of something which is much deeper, which is that really they're so... They're like vulnerable because they've had to they've had to defend these positions that they were in in mm-hmm. school right mm-hmm. so how often have you matured on an issue or a topic since you were in school because i know yeah. like a lot of my personal views and philosophies and thoughts about life and things have changed so much from mm-hmm. when i was like 16 or 17 and still figuring out what to do with myself um and really when we talk about these characters the only canon basis we have for them is when they're still in Hogwarts but yes. as you're you're so right you know when we're talking about them in a post Hogwarts context you're also dealing with them as emotionally more mature well-rounded or more rounded anyway human beings potentially mm-hmm. and I feel like this gives you a lot more actual credible room to play around with them understanding each other's emotions a lot better mm-hmm. and we know I live for this yes absolutely because a lot of that post Hogwarts for any of the you know like the trio or the good versus bad side of the redemption the forgiveness and not branding be it draco or pansy or whoever as like you were bad so you're bad forever yeah and getting over that prejudice and being able to be like you're adults now like what are you doing holding on to a childhood rivalry or differences or things like that like they're not the same person it's not the same person and it's time to open your mind open your heart and all of that something else now I was just thinking about as another situation that would be fun is so back in school Ron and Pansy bond or find themselves to have their secret relationship what if Ron or Pansy discovers some sort of intense trauma that they had been through or something that kind of like upsets or triggers them in some kind of way Uh and they understand that of each other and then say as an as adults either be that they're aura partners or they work together or they know one another in whatever situation and that specific trigger or whatever happens and Everyone else doesn't realize that it's a problem or upsetting to that person except for Ron or Pansy. And then they immediately step in as yeah, like, absolutely. whoa, whoa, back off or like, don't, you know, don't say that or don't call her that or something because they understand why that would be affect them in a certain way. Even if they don't show it, like they could just be like, I'm going to ignore this and I'm fine and I'm okay. But the other person knows that inside they're not okay absolutely. and becomes that yeah. support system for them so it's just having the ability to know someone better than everyone else just makes a relationship so powerful because that allows you to rely on them for support because you cannot handle it you know around everyone else I guess that yeah <laughs> yeah so two quick notes about that first of all I love the aura partners trope and I love it so much mm-hmm. I feel like we need to do an episode a trope episode about that and like <laughs> who we'd yeah. want to see as aura partners because I just love like the, the oh, crime yes. fighting duos it's just it ticks mm-hmm. it ticks my boxes right because we don't have to we don't <laughs> have to talk about like romantic pairings all the time and sometimes mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I want is a good body cop 
fic where two people are thrown together and that happens. So yes. Uh, so yes. yes. So that was random side note number one. And random side <laughs> note number two is when you're talking about the potentially one of them being triggered by something, the best stories, in my opinion, that that happens with are with characters that are usually standoffish or emotionally closed off. Mm-hmm. R- really, that we don't get a glimpse into that world. Because with Pansy, she has this sort of Meredith Brooks bitch image to overcome, right? She's constantly projecting yeah. an, a sort of an aura of cool, calm detachment. Uh, she's a little bit mm-hmm. haughty. She's like Draco Light, right? Uh, like, I don't want to yeah. tar all Slytherins with the same brush. But it, <laughs> it's, it's roughly fair to say that that the general feeling in that group at large is a sort of a, a sense of pride and status, certainly. And so she's always like, she always has to have those shields up. It's like Slytherins have extra points in occlumency before they start because mm-hmm. they they have to keep uh, the image, that, that set image up and running uh, and so I really love I really love that this ship in particular can let us look under the bonnet look under the hood of Pansy mm-hmm. and see oh the, you know there's actually all this internal stuff going on and the reason she's not more vulnerable or hasn't been more vulnerable is because she's had to pander to all these social external pressures but whenever she's just mm-hmm. in that situation with uh, you know being Aura's together with Ron uh, and you know whatever happens she has no choice she has to mm-hmm. she has to open that up and give vent to those feelings and those are the sorts of things that I like to read because ultimately I like fic that humanizes people even and perhaps especially those people we don't credit with having an awful lot of humanity at the start of mm-hmm. getting to know them mm-hmm So now I'm also thinking, I am just coming up with all these stories in my head because I just love, I'm loving this pairing so much. Plus, there's not a lot of fic out there. So, I mean, I read a bunch and a lot of things are really short or they're they're like PWP Mm. or it's really like a limited availability. So if it doesn't exist, my brain makes it. So that's just, that's what happens. But so now I'm picturing, we've talked about before, post Hogwarts careers, like with Ron, like we didn't necessarily think Ron would be an Auror. Yeah. We talked about Weasley's wizard wheezes. What if he went to Romania with Charlie? Oh, that's a possibility. Yeah. So let's say that post-war, obviously, probably Draco and his mom and dad or whatever go through the trials and all of that. And there's people who are involved on the other side that have to go through their thing. Pansy's family, be it that maybe her family's involved. I, I'm not really sure if her dad was a Death Eater or not. I I don't know what the situation are is with the Parkinson's. I don't remember. Like, I don't remember hearing that name when, like, at the um, the graveyard, like, book four. I don't remember hearing Parkinson. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember either. It doesn't mean it doesn't, it didn't happen, but I don't yeah. remember it. So, for the time, right. but yeah. But... <laughs> but just because you're pure blood elitist doesn't mean you're instantly a death right. eater. You yes. know, like it's just it's not necessarily because you look at the blacks, like the black family, they were just pro pure blood. They're just like you marry a pure blood, you know, person, and that's just you just continue your pure blood life. They empathized with and like supported the Voldemort movement, and then obviously Regulus goes on that and yeah, blah blah blah. blah. 
Anyway, rolling back. So with Pansy, I could see her obviously not having to go through that, doesn't have to deal with like probation or can't travel or things yeah. like that. Like you see that like, oh, Draco's stuck in the UK. Like you can't go anywhere because you're under mm-hmm. probation or whatever. So she, but she also gets, because she know. I mean, she, in front of the entire school, therefore the future generations of the wizarding world. I mean, you think about the UK and the wizards at large and the number of students at Hogwarts you'd imagine these are the people that you see work with and are going to interact with on the regular like as an adult like you're just going to see these people Mm -hmm. if you think about it yeah absolutely so everyone's going to know that moment where she tried to give up harry so imagine how that affects her future and how people see her and look at her i could see her wanting to go abroad and do something and be somewhere and have no one know who she is So what if they were like just happened to be some town or city in Romania and like ran into each other and it was like this whole moment and yes, (laughs) like what if it was just some like foreign like I don't know serendipitous situation of them just finding each other and that hatred growing into understanding and then building a relationship and then Christmas comes along and the Weasleys are like hey you know Charlie and Ron are you coming back like yeah and I'm bringing my girl with me yes. and they show up and he's and he has pansy Parkinson on his oh arm my. I just love that I just think that would be absolutely fantastic yeah <laughs> and I can see in that situation you know when they first meet pansy is going to be so disgusted because she's like I literally went halfway across the world to try and get away yes. from my past and here you are mm-hmm. confronting me you know like a big slap in the face yes and then but, but yes. I can sort of see it transitioning into where she's finding she almost finds comfort in the familiarity of seeing Ron mm-hmm. there and then it's so it you know it's definitely love hate there are so many things about that that you mm-hmm. can I mean I definitely see parallels with Drarry there yep. but I mean it has it has its own sort of feisty kinetic energy where I just sort of feel like the minute you put these two in a room something interesting is going to happen you know whether or not they get together mm-hmm. I feel like you know I always feel like I'm going to be entertained I'm going to be excited mm-hmm. I never feel I never feel like I'm in for a dull read when I read a yeah. Ron Pansy and I yeah. I live for the excitement you know I'm a I'm a fanfic thrill seeker I love the highs and lows and the, <laughs> the chills and yes. thrills so I you know I just yes. I feel like I personally tend to prefer ships that give me the full gamut, the full sort of colour wheel of emotion, the full range mm-hmm. of everything that can be possibly be explored. Because then I feel, honestly, like being really candid about it, then I feel like the smut is earned. Like some fix, some yes. fix just start smutty, stay smutty, and it's all on one level. Mm-hmm. But if I arrive, if I arrive at a moment of emotional connectivity or smut or where there's a satisfying conclusion where that's been earned mm-hmm. because the characters have gone through something mm-hmm. I'm so much more satisfied yes and I feel like this pairing has so many opportunities and chances to do that particularly with your you know Romania scenario yeah because I, ha- I have to say as well there are so many like interesting ideas for fic and then I've gone to try and read it and it's not been there or yes. you know, it's been removed because it was written ages ago 
show. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's like having a carrot dangled in front of your nose and then it's snatched <laughs> away at the last minute, you know? Because yeah. I, 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 I get so sad. I'm like, I understand that maybe authors have moved on. You know, you don't always want to be associated with what you've written or whatever. Yes. But you should want that because it's golden. And even if you're embarrassed, like we will love it. So Exactly. I, also, I suppose what I'm low-key saying is, uh, listeners, if you want to write some Ron Pansy, I'm not going to be <laughs> averse to reading it. If you want to send that to us at yes. uh, careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com, go yes. ahead and do that. We're also, we are on AO3, so we do have a Care of Magical Shippers account. So you can always gift us all the thick. Like we, oh, yes, yes, please. I forgot about that. We talk about all our other accounts and uh, also I'm going to apologize for the content that we do have up on our account because in the discord we have a whoops I just hit my mic (laughs) (laughs) I apologize because in the discord that we have for the care of magical shippers we have a writing game where people take turns writing a story and it always gets cracky and smutty oh it's the best thing ever (laughs) it's It's crack smut (laughs) loveliness it is honestly it's disturbing in the best way because you know who who was it that said art should disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed yes i definitely feel like i'm disturbed (laughs) enough as an individual to be comforted by what we create there yes i really feel like it it resonates with me i mean i i know smut isn't for everybody Mm -hmm. but i just want to say that i think this can only be improved by more people taking part yes so if you like that you read those and you think hey I want to join in with some of these yeah. uh, we do do those on the regular so come yes. join us yeah join us absolutely so yeah anyway those are up there so you'll see them and yeah. you'll be like oh my god these people mm-hmm. are crazy <laughs> no we are just unfiltered we have fun it is all fiction it's just we're just letting go and it's the shock factor like because you're handing it off to someone else you're just like what can I write that's gonna make them pee their pants like (laughs) or spit out their their water or whatever something like that but anyway care of magical shippers is an account on ao3 so you are more than welcome to please any and every pairing write it and then let us know tell us because we want we want it obviously there's not enough of it and uh you're more than welcome to steal my ideas i mean the chance of me actually taking the time to write this thing i'm totally down for any of that stuff that i was talking about (laughs) i mean you do write at lightning speed i don't know how you find the time to you're just like oh yeah i wrote eleven thousand words on my lunch break you literally you literally messaged me with that the other day i was like how do you do this on a lunch break what is happening oh i love i love to write anyway so yeah uh send us send us anything and everything that you've written and that you love because you know we'll love it too and it might also give us ideas for ships to feature in upcoming episodes so if there's a pairing that we or a trope or anything that we haven't featured that you think do you know what be good on that care of magical shippers thing that i love get in touch with us Mm -hmm. and tell us about it and we will take that under advisement so hard Yes, yes we will (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because we care about, we're, we're, 
we're caring shippers we care about you our magical shippers and we want to give you the content that you want obviously we're here to talk about everything and show you and sometimes convince you to ship it too because we go in being like what Mm -hmm. and then we leave oh my god i mean it's yeah I mean, I I know this will happen with more ships, but that did not mm-hmm. happen more dramatically than with Tamari. Oh, and Tamari I, was huge. <laughs> yeah, because because you know I and I'm not sorry about it. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that whole journey. Yes. And if that can happen with more things, and yes. if you if you feel like oh I know just what Nathan will like, or I think Megs will be blown away by this, you know, mm-hmm. send that stuff to us because I love I love coming away from my preconceptions going oh that was completely wrong or like this blew me away mm-hmm. i i just i i live for those moments and then i get to be enthusiastic and excited about it yes. and share it with you and the, the circle of life is complete so you know no pressure or anything but like <laughs> it's color the, the circle <laughs> The circle of life, oh, no. of shipping, <laughs> of big, oh, 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 can you feel the love tonight <laughs> in this fic we read? <laughs> To us is an endless wonderland of shipping potential. Anyway, yes. Oh God. Uh, this is where we go into a like crazy half hour of like all the all the weird song. Like we're gonna have to come up with a playlist and, yes. and start to put all this music stuff, you know, somewhere yes. because there are far too many musical interludes. <laughs> not sorry, sorry, not no, sorry. No, definitely not sorry whatsoever. But um. Yeah, so Ron, Ron and Pansy. Yeah, Ron, Ron and Pansy. You know that thing that we were supposed oh. to talk about this week. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, so if let's say Hermione finds out about <gasps> Ron and Pansy, ooh. what? What do you think? Like, especially if it's like kind of canon where Hermione is denying the fact that she is starting to have feelings for Ron or whatever. Like, you see Hermione is kind of, she does have her judgments. She does kind of jump to conclusions. She can get really confrontational. It just depends on the situation. Like, I just mm. could see her, ooh, like, I don't know, losing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. just... <laughs> And it, it's it's good to give Hermione those moments of being fierce in the defense of something mm-hmm. she believes to be absolutely unassailable, like totally yeah. true. Like that is her pedestal and, you know, she's not going to tolerate being knocked off that at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like she maybe possibly gets herself into a situation where she over idolizes the relationship mm-hmm. or maybe Ron feels like... Uh, he can't explore some things with Hermione that he he can with Pansy. However, it 
unfolds. I feel like Hermione's moment of like retribution and her sense of anger at the potential loss of something as well just Mm -hmm. gives that character so much to work with. You Mm -hmm. know, we know that she, we've seen little snatches of that in book six when Mm -hmm. Ron Ron and Lavender, no. Oh, right. Yes. Was it? Yeah, it was Ron and Lavender, wasn't it? Yeah. Were a thing. Um, and, you know, and she, she gets her chance to do little snatches of that then. But I feel like just as you have the potential to get more emotionally mature when you become an adult, you also have the potential to go the other way, mm-hmm. where there's a whole load of stuff that you didn't deal with from school age, and yeah. that's still playing out in your adulthood, only now it's affecting you in stronger ways. So that mm-hmm. when Hermione gets jealous or vengeful or angry that that we see that tenfold mm-hmm. oh and, and because she's so powerful magically i mean i i feel for poor pansy in that moment <laughs> yes that's very true <laughs> yeah so now i'm thinking like of the yule ball because it's all yule ball stuff so now i'm thinking of the yule ball of like pansy's obviously there with draco and all this like it could totally mm. go a different way and so maybe ron had his dramatic meltdown but in regards to pansy so kind of like an alternate you know storyline sort of thing canon like oh gosh that would be something else and then of course he couldn't fess up to it like either hermione or maybe harry thinks it's because of hermione and crumb maybe he thinks it's be it's because he's jealous of them when really it's all about pansy and draco exactly wow and he's giving himself (laughs) like i can see ron using the excuse of Hermione and Crumb to yes. give himself the sort of emotional get out clause of being well mm-hmm. now I can I can go and you know have these fully justified feelings for Pansy and you know and I feel like he would absolutely flaunt that in that moment mm-hmm. because he would see it as you know justice in a way in a weird mm-hmm. way he'd see it as you know the right thing to do I think Ron is a really moral character and even though you know he can do things in the books that we don't necessarily agree with all of his actions are rooted in this like really strong moral centre so if Ron's thrown off balance that mm-hmm. can go in really interesting directions. Nathan. Yeah. Nathan. What do you want to tell me? They are <laughs> They are both prefects, aren't they? Are they? I pl- I believe so. I think it's Pansy and Draco are the Slytherin prefects and then oh, Hermione yes. and Ron. Dude, the prefects bathroom sex. I mean Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I mean, and of course, now all I'm thinking of is the fairground attraction song, except it's like, it's got to be prefect. <laughs> oh my gosh. Any opportunity to make the prefect's bathroom a centerpiece is I am all about. And that is, I mean, because it could be a situation literally where like, Pansy's already there or Ron's already there and then they just happen the other person shows up and it's like oh my gosh you're here ah and things and yeah oh I love it well they do also have the you know they, they're gonna have to watch out not just only for the other prefects but also like 
the members of the Quidditch... T- like, Quidditch captains. Ca- Quidditch mm-hmm. captains also get access. So there's... There, I mean, it's not as public, but it's still like... If either of, if either of them have a thing about, you know... Uh, flaunting their love in public, yeah. uh, they they could be like, oh, let's meet in the prefect's bathroom because you know it's it's secluded, but not really. Mm-hmm. And then I could totally see a situation where one of them is hoping they get caught as well. Yes. So they're so they're like trying to like progressively get louder and bang off things. And, yeah. Oh lord! Oh yeah. my! Oh, yeah. I do yeah. declare. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because now, yeah, so it would be, there would be four Quidditch captains, and then fifth year is the first year that there are prefects, correct? Yes, so I it'd think be, so. So it'd be four Quidditch captains, four times three years times four houses, and then head girl, head boy. That's a lot of potentially people that could roll up into the prefect's bathroom. Right, yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the policy is on, like, staff using prefect's <laughs> bathrooms either. Right. But but I'm assuming that like if there was an emergency or somebody really needed to use the loo, that right. that, that nobody would bat an eyelid at uh, a staff member using the prefect's bathroom to yeah. just attend to an emergency. Mm-hmm. Let's say, but like. Yeah. There's a lot of through traffic. To say that it's supposed to be an exclusive, you know, it's like the the first class airport lounge, except mm-hmm. more exclusive. But there's mm-hmm. still quite a bit of through traffic, and I mean, I can see that appealing to to one or both of their voyeuristic tendencies. Yes. Also, room of requirement sex dungeon. <laughs> oh well, I'm I know I know that has been written a lot, but I don't yes. know if that's been done in a Ron Pansy specific. Yes. Context. Yes. And okay, question for you then, though. Mm-hmm. Who do you think would be the dominant person in that oh, situation? Pansy. See, do you think so? I do. Do, do you I think do. so? Because I disagree with that. I think Ron would take the lead. Because I think, well, not that, I, not that I'm saying that this is from my personal experience or anything, but you know, it might, it might be. But it's like. Uh, but, but it might possibly be that the, that the um, that it that you know it's been my observation that the person that needs to feel that they need to take control more of their own life in the external and to do with everything else tends to be more submissive in the bedroom right and mm-hmm. the person that that is more you know laissez faire and turns the other cheek and is more sort of like laid back they then become dominant so i think in my head in my head canon anyway it gives ron a chance to mm-hmm. be the um the the sort of the claimant if we mm-hmm. will you know yeah yeah so for me mainly because it's like oh yeah i want to see a dom pansy like yeah like tear the heck out of Ron. Oh, absolutely. But with Ron, it's funny you kind of say that I get a picture in my head how we've talked before that he feels overshadowed by people that he doesn't have Mm. to bring. Like he's seen as, I don't know, like doesn't have enough in comparison to like all his brothers or things like that. So I could see him getting validation from Pansy, like getting that saying like oh you're like you're you know be that like oh you're the best lover or daddy or whatever like just like <laughs> give him the, the space to be like wow like you're you're the best at what you do or whatever and that makes him feel like special and seen and 
have what he never had in that regard to like his real life right and he doesn't (laughs) know he needs it as well yeah i feel like there's a sort of an innocence to ron where because he's been overshadowed for so long he hasn't really had it hasn't occurred to him that he wants to explore those feelings so Mm -hmm. when someone like pansy appears who is you know outwardly forthright and really adventurous and Mm -hmm. sort of knows what she wants anyway Mm -hmm. i i see pansy as a sort of a, a straight shooter and she mm-hmm. will not beat about the bush you know if there's, if there's something that she wants to get done she will do it she will she has that mm-hmm. big slithering energy so mm-hmm. i feel i feel like it could maybe start off with her instigating a lot of this stuff and then actually right. Ron going oh shit i'm into this you yes know? Yes, no, I'm totally behind this. I was just, yes, I am totally behind that, 100%. Like, she just kind of, like, plays around with, like, you know, like, I just, I think it'd be really cool of you to, like, overpower me or something. And, like, <laughs> like I'm just... Not I, that I've given this a lot of thought or anything. I know. I thought, I, would, I just, like, I'm just throwing it out there. Just, you know, mm-hmm. just whatever. And then he would probably feel, like, as you say, like, might be a little bit awkward or weird. And he's like, no, I don't want to, you know, whatever. Like, I don't want to hurt you. And she's just like, just fucking slap me already. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. Because she would, she would definitely direct. She would hold the reins per se, but I could see her enjoying and relishing in kind of like that submissive role, and then him, as you say, discovering that he is all about it, and he, it gives him the power and feeling that, yeah, that validation. He feels empowered to be wanted or have control over something and something that he can have and be his and. Is, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there we go. There and we go. <laughs> also, it's it's really wholesome in a way because it will it allows both of them to get to a stage where they feel more self confident. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think we touched on it earlier, but they're both coming from a place of lower self esteem than might mm-hmm. be considered normal because they've both been uh, in situations where they've been overshadowed by stronger personalities and mm-hmm. ha- get, getting this time to explore with each other and find out what it's really all about seems to me to be a great way to actually push the envelope that certainly in Ron's case anyway he didn't know he Mm -hmm. needed it pushed you know there is is a certain amount of okay now that I know that this is out there I am falling in love with it it's like my relationship Mm -hmm. with fan fiction you know Mm -hmm. like I said I used to be this ridiculous you know canon only text only purist and then once I discovered what fan fiction could do I was like yes actually I am all about Mm -hmm. this because it satisfies my deep need for for whimsy first and foremost and I just there are so many people out there with such great imaginations and such formidable writing talent that you know I just, there are certain situations where I'll never stop being thankful for, is it rule rule 22, which is if you can think of, if you can think of it, there's been a porn made of it somewhere. <laughs> oh my, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not only about the smut, I, but, yeah. but, you know, sometimes. Yes, so yes, it's, yeah. it's, no, just, it's just what I need and I'm not here yes. to apologise for that. <laughs> Same, same. I love feels. I love 
like drama. I want to feel empathy and sympathy for a character. I want to be sucked in, but then I want them to just go at it. That I'm just like ready for them. <laughs> I need that. I need it. It's just so the like the burn, the slow burn. Uh, and with Ron and Pansy, yeah, I feel like I I need that. It's just I feel like it's it's. It's the journey in which it would go on. There's no way it couldn't lead up to some like steamy, you know, happenings. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we're closing up on Ron and Pansy, unfortunately, we have no idea yet what we're going to be doing next time. We're recorded well out ahead of time. So we just haven't made plans yet. So we will let you know. Either we'll tag it on onto this after this and we'll say, this is... <laughs> you know, you know how to check by now. I mean, you, you know what our tags are. Yeah. You know how to find us. We'll post yeah. it there. And, yeah. you know, we know ultimately whatever we, whatever it is that we do next time, yes. it's going to be great. And we know that you'll love it because we can get mm-hmm. excited about it. So, you know, just come back next time for more goodness. Yeah, for... <laughs> Ta-da! But For like <laughs> insert name of ship here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and as we said, um, so oh, crap. What was I going to say? Oh, as we we said before, if there are ships you want us to talk about, please let us know. Send us an email. Mm -hmm. uh, Shoot us a tweet. Reach out to us. I might have made a form. I was in process of making a form, so it'll probably be in the description. A submission (laughs) form. I did make one. So you might be able to. Yeah, you might be able to submit your ship requests and recommendations, um, probably a favorite fic or something like that. And then maybe a little blurb like why you ship, what you ship. And that helps us a lot because we can pick whatever, but we want to give you what you want too. So, but I mean, it has to interest us as well. well. So (laughs) we're not just going to like be like, yeah, we'll talk about this thing. And we don't get it. We tried. We still don't get it. It's going to happen. And we apologize for it. But we all we do we do what we can so <laughs> yeah but we're not here to flame we're not here no. to you know run anyone else's ship aground or no. sink anyone else's ships <laughs> but also there are always going to be those ones that we prefer so ultimately yeah. we'll talk about those but if there's anything you haven't heard that you want to hear please mm-hmm. don't be shy about getting yeah. in touch i mean of course we're both going to think that we're awesome people but we hope that we've given, <laughs> we hope that we've given you enough of an impression that we're not going to you know bite your heads off if you suggest yeah. something that we maybe haven't brought up before so yes. please reach out to us because we absolutely we, we love you and we want yeah. to feature more of your weird and wonderful ideas on our little pod yes and uh oh and something i wanted to share which i don't know if i'll add this to previous episodes or not but i have been helping out with another podcast called snape chat so that's another one that for any oh yeah you've been getting famous yeah i stop it oh god <laughs> 
So, um, uh, so far beyond two episodes, one being a fanfic specific episode, and then the second one being snary driven. Um, I might become a semi-regular person. I don't know. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So obviously people who are curious about Snape or like him or don't like him, I don't care. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. So that's another place that you can hop over to, to hear more of my nonsense. So that's also a thing. Go do yeah. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, anyways, um, this has been wonderful. And we look forward to our next ramblings of nonsense. And please reach out to us. We look forward to interacting with you on all the socials. Uh, we talked about our Discord. And there's Patreon stuff and lots of things. Bonus content. You you want, there's so much we have more for you. Like just, just come and have it. Just come eat it up. We just, yeah. <laughs> we love giving you stuff. So. <laughs> it's very, it's all very squid so. pro quo with us. <laughs> no tentacle unturned. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> so anyway, we love you. Thank yeah, you. yeah, we do. <laughs> See you next time. up with us. <laughs> See you next okay. time. <laughs> Bye. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, good. Hello, listeners. It's Nathan here again, coming to you from beyond space and time to tell you that we do, in fact, know what we're doing next week. It is Cremione, which is Hermione, Ron, Victor. And we are really excited to share that with you. So tune in next week for that one. I am very excited to do this. It's the first of what I hope will be many. But we have to thank Trarina, who's one of our patrons, who we have to give a special shout out to. Thank you so much for all your support over what I believe is eight months that you have been donating to us. We really appreciate all the support. In fact, we recently just bought some Google Drive space with your lovely funds. So thank you so much for that. And we hope that you love the pod and we'll keep listening to our wonderful episodes. Thank you very much. While you're waiting for the next episode, all the shipping fun can continue online. You can head over to all of our social media platforms like Magical Ship Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Care of Magical Shippers on Tumblr. You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, ficlets written by me, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.